Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Am I on? Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Praise God. Well, I'm one that does not like the spotlight. And uh, man, I just got spotlighted. And thank you, sir. All those kind things that you said. That was awesome. Y'all could go ahead and be seated. I, uh, I don't know how to start. I don't know where to start. I, ha- I, uh, I really enjoy telling my story just simply because God has been so good to me. And uh, so I, this is something I enjoy doing. Uh, this is just a unique day for me. I uh, lived most, uh, most of my life thinking this day would never come. Uh, I, it, I've known about it for a few years now, and, and I guess I've... Uh, I've hedged a little bit. I, I, I even got behind. God told me I was behind. But, uh, so I've known this day was going to come, and uh, it's been a bit of a challenge for me. But, uh, you know, there's really no goodbyes here today. We're really, uh, uh, we're still in the family. I think it was Brother Dale when I told him I was leaving. He said, yeah, you're still in the family, you know. And I thought about that. He said, yeah, same spiritual father, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, that's a that's a, a key thing. I don't know that I could go to church somewhere where Dr. Jacobs wasn't a spiritual father, right. and because uh, that's my commitment to him and his commitment to me, something that we were we worked out a long time ago, yes, to be covenant to one another, yes, and uh, that I, I can't uh, you know that's a God ordained thing yes. that uh, that I couldn't let slip. But you know we're going to be back a lot. Yes. There's always special meetings here, and Dr. Yes. Jacobs has meetings here. We'll be back a lot, so uh, we're really not just, just going away, you know, so there's no goodbyes, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Um, I think it was Sister Debbie told Mary yesterday that, you know, you're just hanging out with another branch of the family, and that's, that's really how I'm looking at it, and uh, it, I, it's an awesome thing because I get to hang out with my, my son and his precious wife and all my grandsons and my precious granddaughter, you know, so I'm, I'm still, I'm a very blessed man. And, uh, but I thought about leaving this church, you know, it, it just wasn't easy and I've had to work through some things. Um, I was, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight a couple people here cause I was thinking about brother Joe cause it was many years ago. He hadn't been coming here very long, but he started noticing that people leave the church, you know, and, and they wouldn't get acknowledged. And then somebody would leave and they, they take them around back and they get cake and ice cream. And he said, Oh, I get it. When you leave right, you get cake and ice cream, you know, so, and, uh, so I feel like I've made it today, I, hallelujah, I'm going to get some punch, and uh, praise God, so I feel like I, I, I wanted to leave right, and uh, that's all funny and everything, but that's really kind of serious, that's very true, that I would, I would not want to leave and it, and it not be a day of celebration, that it would be a sad thing, so it's not that way, and uh, I was thinking about you know, we just sold our home in January, and, and Mary's been living at Pastor Sunday's a lot. I've been staying with my mom a lot, and we kind of swap around it, and we're fine. I, you know, nobody, you know, feels sorry for us. That was our decision. So, uh, but I got to think, and I know that Miss Donna, uh, she offered up her basement, said, hey, come and live with us, you know, if you need to, you know, and, and the daily said, hey, you know, we got an apartment. You can, you can stay there if you want to. And then just last week, Brother Rivera said, hey, you know, I just bought a new camper. We'll pull that thing down there in Du Bois County. You can set up. 
he, ain't, he hadn't spent a night in it yet, you know? So uh, I, I thought about that and thought, wow, that, you know, these people love me. Yeah. These people will give yeah. themselves for me. So it's not easy to, to, to leave when you know that people really love you like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just something that I got to do to stay in the will of God, to stay in the plan of God. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, just so honored today. Like I say, I don't like being in the spotlight, but I mean, Pastor Jordan, he, he thought about things that I'd never thought about, and uh, pretty awesome, pretty awesome. I, I'd, I like to have a good reputation going out the door, you know. I would strive to have that, but, uh, you know, we can only leave here to be in the, the plan of God for our lives, and uh, I, I appreciate you, Pastor Jordan, giving me some time to speak, and, uh, you know, really Sunday mornings when pastors feed their flock, you know. And uh, he's given me some of his time that he would normally take to feed his flock. So I know that that's, that's uh, important to him. Yeah. And uh, he's made it available to me. And, you know, I love Pastor Jordan because he's just such a good preacher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sermon after sermon and series after series. And I'm just sitting there thinking, where does he get this stuff? Just keeps bringing, I'm like, you know, I've, I've been under a lot of good preaching for a long time. And still he just keeps bringing new stuff, putting light on things yeah. that, you know, that I hadn't seen yet, and uh, that's why I'm sitting there taking notes, and I may take more notes with his sermons than, than anybody I've ever said, said under before. He just has a lot of good stuff. Wonderful preacher, and uh, I, uh, I think so highly of Pastor Morgan, you know. I got to watch her grow up, and uh, I don't know. You can see it up here today. She's just so, so genuine, just, just so pleasant. And if you can't relate to her, I don't know if you, you just can't relate to people. She's just so relatable when she gets up here. You feel like, oh, I, I can see her position on what she's talking about. And, and that helps me. And her, just her openness and her transparency. And uh, she's got the goods. I, I see the, the gift of God in her. I see the call of God on, on both of them. I see the gifting of God and I see the call of God. And uh, you're going to do great things here. I, I believe you're anointed to do great things, and I know sure. Pastor Jordan is focusing in on, uh, you know, being a region-changing church and really affecting a region, and uh, I believe you'll do just that. Praise God, you got the goods. I know that uh, we have a great praise and worship team here and yeah. just a great core of people. We've got a great prayer team. I think uh, the thing I enjoy most is when I get opportunity to go back and pray with these people because they're just so precious and, uh, and know the Spirit of God. And, and uh, it's just awesome to see that, you know, what a great foundation is here. And I believe God's going to explode this church. I believe there's, we're, we're going to reach out. Praise God. I, I, I have, uh, I've had some opportunity to have some prayer. Is it okay if I just talk? Because I'm just talking. But I've had some opportunities to... To, to pray and, and, and pray in this church. Sometimes God will show it to me like a map and I'll go to different places in this circled region that we have here and I'll, I'll be praying in tongues and God will say, you're praying about this over here and, you're pray and just take me on that map. And that's happened to me several times and uh, I just know that God's he's setting things up. He's preparing things. Hallelujah. And it's going to be, a, be an awesome thing to see what God does with this church. And uh, I believe... Pastors got all the right stuff. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe in you. And you, Pastor Morgan. I believe in you. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Sonny and Pastor Cassie. I don't know where she slipped out to, but I appreciate you coming today. I thought about that. That was a very 
honorable thing that they, because, you know, they have a flock to feed too, and they gave up their pulpit time to come and be here today. So that was uh, very much an honor, and I appreciate that. You know, uh, um, you know, Pastor Sonny, he grew up in this church. Yeah. This, this church is important to him as well. And, uh, you know, all those years I've watched Sonny grow up in this church, I'm just talking, okay? <laughs> I'm just, things just come up, and I'm just going to say what I feel like I need to say. But, you know, I didn't think he was getting much. And uh, he, uh, he was a fun lover, and he liked having fun. And, uh, you know, he, he had his friends, and things seemed to be more important to him than church. And I, didn't, I really didn't think he was getting much. But uh, when he came back, I realized how much he got. And I realized, you know, the things I would hear come out of his mouth, and I think, my God, you know. He got a lot poured into him growing up in church. So my encouragement to all you parents and, and grandparents out there, get your kids in church. You have no idea how much they're getting. You have no idea how much that planted word get down in a heart and how it can produce. And uh, they can keep it dormant down here. Because you know seeds, they, they found some seeds, I think it were like 4,000 years old. And they planted them, and they, they flourished. You know, that seed can be in their, their heart for a long time. And then when they start putting the water to it, it'll flourish. And it'll bring forth fruit in their life. So keep bringing your kids. Praise God. Get them up under that anointing. You know, and of course, Sonny and Cassie, they met in this church. And uh, so that was, an, that was an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, that's the right place to find a good spouse is in church. And, uh, and uh, Sonny really found a good one. I, yeah. I, I love Pastor Cassie. She's so precious. But anyway, I'm rambling. Pastor Jordan told me to tell my story, and I'm telling everybody else's story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the greatest storyteller, so I'm just going to try to share some highlights and probably mix in a little teaching. That's kind of what I do. I'm going to read this scripture here uh, because I want to talk about the plan of God for your life. And Ephesians 2.10, this is amplified. It says, for we, his, we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. And uh, that's just going to be a theme of what I talk today. You can just think about that scripture that God has prearranged them. When you get born again, you get renewed and you, you get born again. And uh, he prepares you for good works that he's already prepared long before you ever come to the planet. He prepared them for you. And he prepared for you to, to walk in them. And uh, it's a good life. It's a good life. I'm telling you, walking out, the plan of God is a good life. There, there isn't a better life. There's no way you can, can take any kind of avenue in this planet and it be as good as the one that God has for you. And uh, so I'm going to start telling my story now. I, I met Dr. Jacobs in a basement at a Bible study. The man's name was Larry Franklin. I have no idea how I remember that after all these years. I've never seen the man since. But uh, I met Dr. Jacobs down in that basement. Of course, Brother Dale was there. 
Brother Dale's always been there. For, for when, when I came along, Brother Dale was there then. And uh, I appreciate you, Brother Dale. You've been a, a great blessing to my life. And, uh, but anyway, uh, at that Bible study is where Dr. Jacobs announced he was going to be starting a church, speaking of this church. And uh, I remember he put a sign-up sheet out on a table, and he told what he was going to do and what God had told him and different things. And, and I think one person signed a sheet, but it wasn't me. I, I was thinking, you know, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I, it, my life was such a mess then, I, can, I could hardly tell you what a mess my life was. But um, I know the next week when I went back, that sheet was back out there on that table. And I said, well, I'm going to go up and sign that sheet. And, uh, you know, that was one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. Is I went up and... Uh, yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Like I said, my life was, was this basically snowballing out of control when I went up there. Uh, really, my living the lie had caught up to me, you know, and, and you know, all the, the drug and alcohol abuse and all the, the different things that I'd done, it was all catching up with me because I'd lived a lie about everything. The, the life I was living wasn't the real me. And uh, I had gotten born again when I was like 11 years old. And by the time I was 13, I was smoking pot and drinking and, and heading into a, 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 a many a years of living in total rebellion against everything that, that I knew that was right. And I rebelled against, uh, you know, what I knew of the word. I rebelled against my parents. I re rebelled against all my teachers at school. I mean, I, was, I just turned into a, a, a really a, a bad person. And then, uh, you know, got married young, had some kids, and was trying to get my life together and, and had no foundation to build on. All I had was the lie, and all I had was the, the, the abuse. And uh, I was one frustrated, angry. You know, Miss Mary can tell you, you know, I punched holes in every wall in my house. I poked holes in everything. I mean, I beat up my cars and just angry and frustrated all the time. And uh, that was where I was at. And my life was really snowballing out of control and I was about to lose my marriage. And uh, when I signed that sheet, Dr. Jacobs says, is there anything I can pray with you about? So, you know, really, when in a situation like that, the most important thing to you is what's going to come out of your mouth. And I said, yes. I said, uh, my marriage is in trouble. I said, would you pray? Because I want my wife to come with me to this church. And would you pray that she would come? And, uh, gee, hallelujah. What, what an awesome thing. Because yes. uh, we were in trouble, and uh, we'd already, you know, done everything but find the lawyer. And uh, Dr. Jenkins prayed the prayer of agreement with me. I'd never heard of a prayer of agreement, had no idea really what he was talking about. But he put such an excitement on the inside of me and such an expectation with his faith and what he said was going to take place when he prayed. And uh, I'm telling you, you know, that, that prayer of agreements in Matthew 18, 19, and yeah. you can study that out. But it says, if any two will agree, it'll be done by my Father. And uh, I was expecting it every day, you know, that God was going to send somebody that would talk to my wife and encourage her to come with me and, and get involved in this church. And I'm telling you, God did some miraculous things to make all that happen. But the very first time the church opened its doors, Miss Mary was there with me. 
And uh, it was the beginning of, a, of, a, of a, a complete change of life for me. It was the beginning of getting on the plan of God for my life. And, uh, you know, God did fix my marriage uh, immediately. That was one of the, the, the fruits that I seen of hooking up with a man of God. And, and uh, he fixed my marriage. Mary and I agreed to stay together. Uh, you know, we, we decided to make our lives line up with the Word of God. We began to realize that that's the standard, and we, we have got to make the changes. And uh, we did that. And, and to do that, you know, you have to, you have to throw away what you think. Because right. I, 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 I thought wrong. About everything I thought wrong. And... Uh, you have to throw away what you think, and you have to replace it with what God thinks. And you have to learn. You have to get in the Word of God to know what God thinks. And uh, I found out from the Word of God a lot of great things, and, and I began to think like the Word thought. And uh, in doing that, it helped me to make better choices. And immediately, when I started making good choices, things around me started getting better. I mean, you know, this... this all kind of things, financially to start with. I thought, wow, you know, because I was, I was so broke and so desperate, and uh, uh, that began to change. And uh, I remember one of the decisions that Mary and I made, we decided we were going to get the strife out. I mean, early on, we said, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to live together, we're going to have to figure out how to, to start getting the strife out. And, you know, the Bible says over in James that where there's envy and strifers, every evil work. So, I, I, you know, I would encourage anybody, if you got strife in your marriage, go to work on it. Start, go to work on it because if you if you'll straighten all that out, you'll cut all the you know the devil has access into your life. So every evil works available when you when you have that. So get that strife out of your life. Get that strife out of your marriage, and you'll immediately see things start to get better in every area of your life. And uh, that's what happened to us, is we decided we'd get the strife out and just cut off the devil's access to our life. And uh, I remember making the decision, uh, one of the best decisions I ever made, and I made it as solid as I could make it. I said, divorce will not be an option. Absolutely not an option. I don't care what come. We were going to figure out how to work it out. Now, you know, you can't necessarily do that if you're the only one in the marriage that wants to do that. But if you both want to do that, praise God. I mean, you can fix anything. You can get on the other side of anything. And if you decide that a divorce is not an option, but we're not splitting up, we're going to work it out. Yeah. And, uh, man, there's been a few times where we just got in a room and worked it out. Praise <laughs> God. But, but we did. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, when you start working on your differences together, things will get better. And uh, we still had a long way to go. That was just one thing we, that got better. And uh, we still had a long way to go. And I remember this. Uh, this is just like a highlight thing uh, when I think back. I, I remember that Dr. Jacobs, uh, he went away in a prayer time, and, and uh, he came back, and he, 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 you know, this was a long time ago, okay? So I can't remember exactly how old the church was when this happened or exactly how it went, but I remember the scripture, and it, it's First Samuel 22, verse 2, and uh, he said that God gave him this scripture, and uh, God had told him, I'm going to send you some men, and they're going to be these kind of men, and let me, let me read this scripture. It says, and everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, 
And there were about 400 men that were with him. That was talking about David and these men that gathered with him. And uh, he said, you know, he wasn't all that thrilled about it. Dr. Jacobs was like, when God told him that, it's like, what kind of people are you going to send? <laughs> oh, my gosh, you know. But, uh, man, when he said it, he came back and he turned. When he said I said, my God, I'm one of those men. He's talking about me. And I just, I just received it as a word to myself. And uh, it was, a, it was a, just a marking time in my life. And I thought, wow, God is so interested in me. And, uh, you know, he even talked to the man of God about it. But, uh, you know, I'm one of those men. And I know I am. And uh, God told him to train them up. Right. Train them up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, knowing that I was one, you know how I knew I was one of those men? I was stressed out, and I was broke, and I was discontented, and I mean, I fit the bill totally. Everything that he mentioned, I said, that's, that's me, and I was so discontent, you know, but I allowed Dr. Jacobs to become a captain over me, just like he was, just like a military thing, that, you know, I learned to take orders. If he said, do it, do it, you know, and uh, when he'd preach the word, this is, this is back when, you know, he talks about when I used to give 35 scriptures, you know. Well, this, this is those years, and he did. He gave, he gave, you know, I counted them sometimes, 33, 35, 38, and, uh, well, I needed it. Praise God, it helped me. I, can, I, can, I can, can hardly tell you how much it helped me. Somebody helping me get my life, you know, solid on the Word of God. Because the Word, like, you know. Pastor Morgan said, it's got all the answers. The Word of God's got all the answers, see. And uh, I just didn't know what they were. I didn't know where they were. I didn't know how to dig them out of the book. And, uh, I, you know, I, I used to work second shift, and I'd get home like at 2 in the morning. And these, these are just way back, okay? But I used to do a lot of speed. And I'd take speed at work, so I'd get through my day, and I'd come home, then I couldn't sleep. I was, I was hungry enough, but I'd sit up and read the Bible. Sometimes I'd read it till the sun come up, and then I'd go to sleep, you know. And, uh, but I, I had no ability to be able to dig the truth. I could read it, but I couldn't get nothing out of it. I, did, I couldn't get the truth. So you need a man of God. It's got the anointing on his life to dig that revelation out of there and then expound it to you and to teach it to you. And, uh, I mean, the very first time I met, the very first time I went to that that. Uh, Bible study there, that's what happened to me. I, I, he, I was, you know, I was ready to run. I was very uncomfortable being there. They started speaking in tongues. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'd just never seen nothing like that. And I wanted to run. But I, I was able to stay. There's some funny stories, but I don't have time to go into all of them. But I know that when he got up to speak, you know, just the peace of God come upon me. And I thought, wow, I have, I have met a real man of God here that understands this book. And uh, it was so helpful, you know, to, to finally meet a man of God and to give him the right place in my life, you know, that I really did. I said, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to do what he says, and I'm going to learn from him. And uh, I knew his marriage was a lot better than mine, so I used to watch. How does he treat his wife? How does she treat him? You know, how do they talk to each other, you know? And those, he was imparting to me in just almost every area of my life. It was, it's, it's even hard for me to explain but it was a God thing. It was the plan of God for my life to hook up with this man of God and let this man of God impart into my life and teach me from the Word of God. And uh, it, it took it a while to really catch up, but it really started working. Praise God. And uh, man, I was so thankful for it. 
And, and life started getting better. It started getting better. And uh, I mean, I was thankful. I, I, I can't hardly express to you how thankful I am. And, and occasionally, I still do it today, but I just, I just walk my house and just tell God how thankful I am. And that's a good place to be because I have found out that that's the position of faith is to stay grateful. If you want your faith to work, stay grateful for what you got. I was thinking about that when you was ministering this morning in the offering, you know, that you got to stay grateful for everything he did. That keeps, that keeps your perspective right, and that allows God to move you up a notch. But in this thankfulness, I remember one time I was thanking God. There's another highlight point. Uh, I was thanking God, and, and uh, he spoke to me. And... Uh, I knew it was God speaking. First time I ever really know that God spoke to me, that I, you know, and it was just as clear as anything I'd ever heard in my life, and I knew that was the Father. Because I had asked him a question. I'd said, Father, what are you doing in my life? You know, I'm hooked up with this church now, and, and I'm learning all this stuff, and things are getting better, and I can tell that you're really doing something. What are you doing in my life? And he told me this. He said, uh, man, Life-changing word from God. He says, I'm doing all this because I want to use your children. And, uh, man, that so changed me. And, uh, you know, I brought him up with that word in mind, basically. But, you know, the, really the thing about that was is, is that when he spoke that to me, I knew it wasn't just about me. Right. You know, I was so grateful for what it was doing for me, and then I realized, oh, my gosh, it's so much bigger than just me. And that's the way the plan of God is for your life. It's so much bigger than just you. It's, it has to do with every connection that you have. Right. And uh, if you, the better you can get in the plan and stay in the plan and live out the plan, the better effect it's going to have on those that are around you. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's what God's after. He's more, it's more than just you. Yeah. And it always is. That was just a word to me that helped me. Uh, but like I say, I raised them up. Thinking, you know, I had, I got to somehow or another raise these boys up in a way that they're going to be usable to God, because God wants to use them. It's fireside chat, isn't it? I, I, if I had a, if I had another way of doing it, I would, but that's just me. Hallelujah! But, uh, but, uh, my goodness, you know. So that's the way I brought them up. And uh, you know, I wasn't a good parent. I was trying to learn how to be one, and uh, just as ignorant as you can imagine. Um, I'll tell you about this. I, there was where we lived, a little four-room house down on a creek. Uh, it had some horse stables in the back there, and then in the back of that, there was a platform where they used to put hay. And I used to go back there on that platform and pray. And I'd go back there and pray and pray and pray. And, you know, I'd try to take the things I was learning at church, and I'd try to learn how to pray those things. And, uh, you know... That's where I started praying for mates for my sons. And, uh, you know, I didn't know to do that. I learned that at church that we had a, an associate minister named John Roberts. And that was kind of, they were, they were Rhema grads, but that was kind of their forte. They, they taught on, on uh, marriage, and they, they liked to teach right on raising children. And, and they were good at it. And that was something I learned from them. Oh, wow, you know, my kid's, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and uh, I should be praying for their mates. And... Uh, 
that's what I did. I used to go out there on that platform and I would pray that God would raise them up, you know, and I know they got to be out there somewhere in the planet. And I'm praying for those people, Father, whoever, wherever they are, wherever you've got them picked out, I'm praying for them. I'd do what I needed to do in English and then I'd pray in tongues day after day. After, you know, I, I was just doing what I was learning at church and that's what they taught me to do. And uh, I did that for years and uh, believed God that my son's they had mates out there. I didn't know them, didn't know where they were, had no idea, but God knew. And uh, I believe God did exactly that. I believe that he brought my sons the right mates. And, uh, you know, what an awesome thing to have two great daughter-in-laws. They're so, so precious. And uh, so anyway, that was key because I knew that God wanted to use my children. And the key thing if you, for them to be able to use them, for them to get the right mate, I didn't have enough sense to figure all that out at the time, but I look back on it and say, okay, that's, that's why I was doing that, and God was just helping me to further the plan. And I think about it now, you know, that God is doing just exactly what he told me. He's using my children, and uh, what a blessing, what an awesome thing. You know, Dustin, he gets to preach some, and what an honorable thing to get to, to preach at Dr. Hatterball's yeah. church. And uh, it's very, very honorable. But, you know, he also leads a, 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 a prayer group, a pre-service prayer group that he leads at on Sunday mornings. And uh, I thought, what an honor that is. I mean, I don't think, if, you, if you didn't do anything else, yeah. if you had an honor praying for a man of God like that, right. you know, and helping his whole congregation to enter in yeah. and, to, and to use their faith. Because, to, to, I mean, you're talking about a man that's got some vision. I mean, it, he, he, he makes me go, oh, I was like, you know, it's like my, my faith starts to waver a little bit when he gets talking about how big his vision is. And, uh, but it's an awesome thing. But, you know, if, if, if Dustin never does anything else other than that, I'd say, well, God's still using him because that's, a, that's an awesome thing that he's doing there. And uh, he's using him, of course, Pastor Sonny and Cassie. You know, they got in a vision to, to affect a city and a county, you know. And... Uh, they're defective with the preached word of God, and, and, and uh, they're using their faith to build a place yeah. to do that where people can come and get biblical answers for their life. Yeah. And uh, that's a key thing. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I'm using a lot of time. Praise God. But that's a key thing is uh, building a place for people to come. And, uh, you know, I was so thankful because we got planted in the house of the Lord. We did. We got planted in church. And uh, you got to have somewhere to come and get planted. Yes, and, uh, you know, I think Pastor Jordan said, you know, every time the doors were open, we were here. And that was true. We, we, I mean, we took a vacation or two every year. We, you know, we might have missed a Sunday or two every year. But we were, we were at every service. And if we had board meetings, we were in those. And we just didn't miss. Uh, the Word of God was important to us. And the truth of the matter is we enjoyed church. Yes. And... Uh, we enjoyed getting answers to life's questions, you know. Right. We found pleasure in it, and we, we realized that God was helping us, and it, and it was furthering the plan along. Hallelujah. And we learned, how to, we learned how to use our faith to receive the promises of God and, uh, you know, learn how to put God first, learn how to recognize the anointing, and uh, learn how to honor the anointing, learn how to honor the ministry gifts, and uh, all these things. You know, and I, I remember, you know, coming and getting the devil knocked off of me, and I had him knocked out of me a couple of times, you know. 
And, uh, you know, you, you need a place for those kind of things to happen. And, uh, uh, man, of all the impartations I've received over the years, you know, everybody imparts into your life that you're around, your parents, your teachers, family, you know. And uh, some of them I got maybe wasn't so good. Uh, but, man, everything I got at church was good. I don't, I don't, you know, I've heard some stories where people maybe got something that wasn't so good, but not me. Yeah. Hallelujah. I got, I got imparted to by different men of God around about and uh, people that Dr. Jacobs knew. And, uh, man, the impartations, it's, it's changed my life. And uh, then I think about this scripture. This is, a, this is a real key scripture for me, that Jeremiah 23, 3 and 4. It says, but I will gather the remnant of my flock. See, it's even my name in it. Praise God. <laughs> I, will, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they will fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. And I begin to see these kind of benefits happen in my life as Dr. Jacobs would shepherd me. And I begin to get fruitful. I begin to increase on my job. Uh, you know, I begin to overcome some fears in my life that had hindered me. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, the word dismayed, it means broke down because of confusion and fear or discouraged. And that was me, you know. And, and, but I realized I come to my, my life where I was no longer discouraged. I began to have hope. And, uh, you know, I begin to realize I can have some victory in my life. Yes. And, uh, you know, begin to see myself as somebody in Christ Jesus rather than just a nobody. Because yes. I had such a, a terrible vision of myself. My image of myself was really bad. And my, my, my father helped put some of that there. But it wasn't all his fault. You know, when I got down in the rebellion and done all those things that I shouldn't have been doing. And, I could, I, you know, there's so many things I could have went to jail for. I just thank God that I didn't end up there. Um, you know, I'm not going to say all that. There's something that just wouldn't help you, you know, <laughs> just, just wouldn't help you. So I'm going I'm to let that go. But anyway, I began to see myself different and uh, uh, no longer just wanting to get by in life. I would kind of grew up in some or another. I was just trying to figure out how to, how to get by. I, did, I didn't want to excel to anything. I didn't want to do anything. And and uh, But when you begin to hear the word preached, you begin to get a different standard and you begin to think, you know, I, I need to have victory over some of these areas. You know, I see clearly in the word of God that I can excel and that I can have some victory in my life. And, uh, you know, you know, quitting was just never an option. Once you get like that, you realize, man, I'm never going to quit because this, this is my key to having some victory in my life. This is my key to get to the place where I can overcome these things that have dogged my track and pushed me around. And uh, praise be to God. I mean, Jesus came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. And I wanted that abundant life. I wanted that life that had some victory in it. Praise be to God. And, uh, you know, I watched many people come and go. I, I've seen them many. And, uh, but I just refused to quit. And uh, I knew that the planning of the Word of God would bring fruit in my life. And, I, you know, the Word of God, Jesus said that the Word of God is like seed. And you get it down in your heart, and it'll grow up and produce in your life. Praise God. And that's what I needed. I needed to produce these promises of God in my life. And, uh, 
you have to learn how to be a good garden. And uh, all those things, they, they came to pass. The Word of God produced in my life. And I can tell you promise after promise that's in the Word of God. And say, wow, you know, that, that came true for me. Hallelujah. And uh, so you have to learn how to be a good garden. And uh, you have to learn how to allow the Word of God to produce in you. Uh, I want to talk, I'm going to have to get moving on here. I want to talk a little bit about the Ministry of Helps. That's what Mary said. Oh, you got to talk about the Ministry of Helps. And, and she's right. Uh, you know, serving in the church, what an honor. Yeah. What an honor to serve in the church. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. And, you know, all the people out there in the world that aren't saved, they don't qualify. But you are. Jesus qualified you to serve and to be a blessing in the house of God. And, you know, when you think about that, that's the church that Jesus is building you're getting an opportunity to serve in what Jesus is doing in the earth. And that's an awesome privilege. And uh, let me read this scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 29. And God has appointed those in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, uh, varieties of tongues. But all our apostles are all prophets or all teachers or all workers of miracles. We all, we all are not one of the ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, but we all do get to help. Praise God. And we all qualify to get to serve. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, if Pastor Jordan talked about Mary immediately began to, to serve in the children's ministry, began to teach. And uh, she always said, well, I think Pastor Jessica, <laughs> Sister Jessica, I think she knows more than I do, you know. <laughs> And uh, she was intimidated to go and teach at first, you know. But, I mean, this is when we were meeting in a house, you know. And uh, I think that started in, like, April of 85. And then later in that summer, we moved out. So it was just a few months. So the very first few months of this church's existence, she come from no church background, no anything, and said, you know, and they put her into, into teaching. And uh, there were some miraculous things that happened there, too, how she heard from God. But, you know, I was thinking... Because um, I think Pastor Jordan alluded to this that you know back in those days when you don't have a nursery and you don't have uh, classrooms and you don't have all the things. I mean, this place is set up. Praise God, you are. We we've got it going on here, and uh, you know. But I you know I watched Pastor Dustin as he went out. And he tried to start a church in Texas, and it it didn't really work out real well. So people would come, you know, and. Uh, his preaching was awesome. I went there several times, and he could preach the word, you know. And, and it, people didn't quit coming because the preaching wasn't good. It's just that the people that come didn't have a pioneering spirit in them. Sure. And uh, you got to have people who come and hook up with you that are willing to stick with you until you get a nursery. They're willing to work with you until you can get some classrooms. They're willing to work with you until you establish yourself and, and, and get a building and all the, you know, it, you know, kind of praise and worship that we get here, you know, most churches don't have. And, uh, and I remember we were actually in this building and went all the way back to listening to, to tapes that we didn't have a praise and worship leader, even once we got here. And, uh, but you know, you, you, what Dustin found is he couldn't, he couldn't get the people to come that had that pioneering spirit. They'd all come for a Sunday or two and go, ah, it's too hard for me, you know. And, uh, but I have some of that in me. 
And uh, yes. I'm going to go help Pastor Sonny. Now, he's, he's pretty established. He's got the thing moving along, and he's, he's got some new concrete now and getting ready to build. So it's not like that. But I got a little bit of that in me, yes. that I'm perfectly willing to go and, and uh, do what it takes, you know, to get things established, you know, all the different things that you need to have a nice church. And uh, I'm, uh, I've been quoting Philippians 4.13 for so long, it doesn't matter which way I mean, I believe I can, I still believe I can do it. Hallelujah. So uh, we're going to get to go back and do some of those things. But, uh, you know, when the, when the church started, said even when it was meeting in a house, they said, hey, Brother Lesson, you go out there and help park the cars and make sure we don't make any of the neighbors mad. So that was my first assignment, you know. I had to go out there and help people park cars. So, you know, immediately we were put in in the Ministry of Helps. And, uh, you know, it's a means of connection. It's a great way of connecting with your church, and it's a great opportunity to get involved. And, uh, you know, it, it's a way of sowing into what's important to you. And, uh, you know, the fact I've been, you know, the head usher for probably over 35 years, I don't know exactly when I started doing that, but I thought about, you know, all the schedules I've written. I mean, I've made schedule after schedule, and you get these special meetings where we have these week-long word explosions, you know, and it's, it's a lot of names to get in the right place and get people to come. You have morning meetings, and most people are working, you know, but uh, wrote a mini schedule, and, uh, you know, I think about that. I think about what, what a great opportunity that was for me to connect right. with some people I never would have connected with before, right. you know? And because uh, you get to know people on a different level, right. you know, when you go back and sweep the floor. I know uh, Brother Horace Hagler was helping me sweep back here yesterday. And, uh, you know, over the years, I've gotten really tight with Brother Horace, but it's just been in the last few years that we've, we've really become good friends and, and, uh, you know, life groups like that. Yeah. Let me say that about life group because, uh, uh, what's it? Brian McGee back here. I, I, he was in our life group and he just started sharing a little bit last time, last Thursday, I think it was. And, uh, I made it, he's like my new best friend now, just because I heard him talk, you know, he's got, he's got biceps. I looked at him and said, my gosh, I wouldn't want him to ever get me in a headlock. Uh, <laughs> But, but he's got the sweetest spirit about him, you know, and, uh, and, he, and he shared and he talked about, you know, being a young Christian and getting some victory and just, you know, I, I immediately connected with him and you, you'll always be my friend, sir, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so th those kind of connections are awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can look around here and there's just person after person after person after person that I've connected with from being in the Ministry of Helps. And uh, it's been such a blessing, and I'm not, I'm not going to put names out there because I'd just have to name most of you. And, uh, but uh, I, would like to, uh, I would like to thank Brother Dan Wells over here because uh, Brother Dan and I, we got to do the Ministry of Helps together. We got to learn so much together, and he was such, such a help to me all those years that we worked we call it security now, but back then it was either ushering or altar ministry and those things. And we worked together to learn how to do all those things. And what a blessing that's been to me. And I uh, thank you, Brother Jared. Brother Jared's taken over the head usher spot. And, and uh, I think Tim Tillett, he, who's within the last year or two, became a, a really big blessing to me and very, very helpful that, that he's helping Brother Jared with the scheduling. And that's an awesome thing. And, uh, and the other person that's really been key 
in that is, is Melvin Smith. And what a blessing he is. You know, he's just a blessing to the church. And, uh, you know, I mean, for years now, he's been coming up to me and telling me what God's doing in his life. And he's had more, more awesome things, more miracles, and more, he, these things come on his body, and they just disappear. And this thing, he gets this report, and God just fixes it, you know. And uh, that's awesome. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm just thankful for those kind of connections that, that I've had. And I mentioned those, those few people there because they're in some leadership spots. And uh, it was important to me that my department get turned over to somebody and it would keep going and it would be strong and do well because uh, we'd really worked on it for the last year or so, year and a half, to get it better than what it was. We'd let a lot of things slip, you know, and it's easy to do, you know, to where we're not running... Excellent. Now we're, we're subpar. We're, we're not where we need to be. And Pastor Jordan started talking with me and Brother Sean, and we started working on it. And it's better. And uh, I see it. I see it just being excellent right now. I think Brother Jared's the right guy. Hallelujah. And I'm I'm thrilled about it. And I know we had ministry time up here last week, and I, I sat right there and I I got to observe the guys. And there was new faces up here, people I hadn't seen up here before, and it was just smooth and excellent. And Man, I thought, praise God, I can leave satisfied. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, so it, it is important, and, it, and it's really good. And I got about a minute left to go through two more things, but uh, let's just pick one. Okay, I'm going to talk, talk about getting the fear out of your life. Yeah. There was something I was going to say about suicide that, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure... I know, I, Jesus help me. What should I do? Well, I could certainly talk about getting the fear out of your life, uh, but I feel like God wants me to talk about this. So, um, of course, this is not an easy thing for me to talk about. Uh, but here a few years back, I, I don't even, I can't tell you how long. It was pre-COVID, I know that. That I went through a period of time that, that, Man, I mean, I had suicidal thoughts. They were so strong. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing well in life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm blessed. My grandkids are healthy, and my marriage is good. My church life's great. I got more money in the bank I've ever had. I've got enough IRA that it looks like I'll be able to retire. And, I mean, everything's good. But all of a sudden, I started having the most tormenting thoughts. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go into them. Uh, about how they went, but I mean, you know, he would talk to me about how to do it, where to do it, what to say, you know, and I'd cast that down, you know, and I'd get a grip on it, go through the day, and then I'd wake up the next day, and it'd be back, and, uh, you know, one of the reasons I think I'm saying this is because I, uh, I, uh, I heard somebody talking just the other day, Actually, it was a state senator, I think. But he was talking, and he said, you know, that, that statistics are now showing that about 57% of young women right now are struggling with mental health, and over 30% of women struggle with suicide. And we're talking about young women 25 and under. And I know a lot of them are at Love is Red and that sort of thing, but, but I, I felt in, inspired to talk about it. I have no notes. I didn't write it down. I just, I just said, you know. I, what it says here is his opposition to the plan, and right. it's suicide. And uh, but God started started helping me with it. I mean, I had to seek him, and, and this went on for 
I don't know, three or four months, it seemed like, you know, I'd, I'd get victory over it, and then it'd come back, and I'd get victory over it, and it'd come back, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that's got a bad life, and, you know, I just want to cop out because the life's hard, you know, it wasn't like that, it wasn't that kind of thing for me, and I couldn't figure out what was going on, it says, why, you know, why, you know, what's, what's happening here, and, uh, and uh, let me get my Bible, because I want to read this, but I asked the Father, I said, Father, What's going on here? Why am I dealing with this? I don't, I don't understand, you know. And uh, he spoke to me one thing. He said, uh, he said, the devil's trying to destroy two churches. And I thought, wow. And I thought, you know, if I would have carried on and did what he told me to do, it would have been devastating for his church and for his church. You know, I, I ain't saying that I'm important enough that it would have messed everything up and it would have been over. It's not like that. But it would have had an effect. Yeah. It would have had an effect, and probably especially on Pastor Sonny's church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody knows about this except Pastor Sonny. He's the one I ever told. And I think he recently had told my wife about it, because she, she didn't know about it. And she said, my gosh, don't you do that. You know, just think of the effect that would have on her, you know. Yeah. But uh, so I, I began to realize... You know, that suicide is an attack on the plan of God. It's an attack. Now, let me, let me read John 10, 10 to you. It says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And see, that's what he's trying to do. He was trying to, he was trying to steal from the church, trying to destroy the church, trying to kill the church. That's what he was trying to do in my life, and that's why that was coming up like that. And, uh, you know, you remember what I said earlier about we, we made divorce just where it was absolutely not an option? You can do that with suicide. Absolutely not an option. Not an option. Never happened. Never happened. And uh, it took me a while to figure that out, but I know as soon as God spoke to me about He's trying to destroy two churches. This verse came up and like revelation came to me. That that's what that is. Yeah. He's trying to stop the plan of God. Yeah. He's trying to come steal, kill, and destroy to mess up the plan of God. Yeah. And uh, if you was to give in to suicide, I don't care who you are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like total fulfillment of the will of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Total fulfillment of the will of the devil. So... Uh, Make it not an option. Yeah. Never happen. Yes, sir. Never happen. It's not an option. Praise God. I'm going to get over in the plan of God. Amen. I'm going to live out my life yes, in the plan of God. Yes, and uh, I probably need to wrap some things up here. But I'm telling you, church has been a lifesaver to me, Amen. this church. And uh, I had a lot of things I could say to get all the way to where I'm at today. But uh, those are all just early on things. But this church has been a blessing to me. This church is where God... Totally changed my life. And uh, he's matured me and blessed me. And uh, he's helped me get over in the divine plan of God for my life. And uh, believe me, I would not leave here if it wasn't for the plan of God. But the plan of God for me is to, to, to go on. And uh, in some ways, it's invigorating. I feel like I'm 35 again, and I'm getting ready to take on a new thing. I feel like Joshua. Hallelujah. Let's just go ahead and take another mountain. Praise God. And... Uh, you know, you have to realize the, the, the plan of God. 
That's where all your provision is. Yes, you want to be in the plan because that's where all your provision is. If you end up outside of that plan, you're going to start scrapping around trying to network and hook up and make stuff happen, you know, finding jobs on your, trying to make stuff happen for yourself. But in the plan of God, he's already prearranged. That verse I read the very, back in the way of the beginning there. He's already prearranged it, and it's available to you. That's where your provision is. And uh, you're, you're still going to have to use your faith to harvest it, right. and, uh, but that's where it's at. Praise God. And, and, you know, all your divine connections, all the people you need to know, all the people you need to, to meet, all the people you need to impart into your life, all the people that you need to impart, they're in this plan. Hallelujah. Along the plan of God, all along the path that God has set out for you. And uh, my goodness, it, it'd be, it, you do well to recognize divine connections. Right. And, uh, you know, I've had a few come along in my life that were just so awesome. You know, Dr. Hattaball was one of them. Yeah. What, a, what a divine connection that was and what a blessing it is. And, and, you know, we don't talk near as much as we used to, but when we see each other, it's like, you know, something just on the inside just sparks because of that divine connection. And we, we grew up in the things of God together and helped each other and blessed each other and blessed each other's kids and that sort of thing. And it was an awesome thing. So these, these are divine connections that you need. They're on that path. Hallelujah. The people you need. Hallelujah. You got to learn to recognize the ones that God sends. And that's what I did when I sat in that basement. Dr. Jacobs got up to preach. I said, that's a man of God. I recognize him. That's a real man of God right there. He understands this book. And, uh, and uh, I, you know, I've, I looked at him, so I finally, I finally met a real prophet. I had no idea how prophetic that was to be able to think like that. But I looked at him as like one of the prophets of old. I thought, man, this man, he understands God. He knows how to walk with God. And uh, what an awesome thing to meet a man like that and have him become your, your, your covenant brother. Because that's He's just been so covenant with me, and I've tried to be that way to him. And uh, you're going to find those kind of people on along this path that God's laid out for your life. And uh, I'm going to quit right there. I, I did think about talking about uh, Don Hughes's vision, and uh, I know that Pastor Sonny's church is one of those shafts of light that he's seen way back then. So, uh, but I, I need to finish. I need to just. I'm done. Bless you all. Praise God. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.